Well, back here with another Preps Podcast. This is Kyle Nedenrip, again joined by Logan Hunt of the Mick Network. And uh, Logan, we're into week nine of the high school football season. It's the finale of the regular season. And uh, definitely some interesting, there are some really good games this week, actually. And I'm going to be at uh, the Ben Davis North Central game. And let's just kind of, we're going to get into some sectional talk, uh, some, some, you know, seeding is always something people talk about, and it uh, was, was an interesting Twitter, uh, not argument, but just a discussion the other day about seeding and, you know, the, the potential for that and, and, and kind of what people think about the possibility of that. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, too, uh, because the sectional draw uh, was on Sunday and, and the, the lineups and the matchups are all set now. Uh, as we get into tournament play and exciting time of year for definitely for that but wanted to start off talking a little bit about week nine kind of what we saw in week eight uh and then kind of dive into things a little bit looking forward but logan i was out at uh, a cathedral burbuff on friday night and 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 it was just it was one of those nights where we've had a really good run of weather um, you know, everything had been, you know, kind of like San Diego in the, in the <laughs> evenings uh, for a while. And then uh, Friday we had a night where it was just torrential downpour for large portions of the night, at least where I was at Burbuff. And then uh, it was windy. It was not an ideal night for uh, for, for quarterbacks for sure. So um, that kind of changes things. The, the game changes when those things happen. We saw some maybe some weird scores at uh, Hamilton Southeastern. Uh, getting beat seven to six to Franklin Central, that was a surprise. There were some other surprising scores. I think Warren Central, their first shutout loss in twenty years. Uh, you know, going back to Arlington when Arlington beat them in the season opener that year, uh, that was a surprise. And you don't say it's all on the weather, but Carmel beating them twenty eight nothing, I think maybe took everybody by surprise. But what did you kind of come away with Friday night? I know you saw North Central Pike, but uh, just looking around the area, uh, what kind of caught your eye from from Week Eight's games? Yeah, I definitely think the weather played a part in some of the in some of the, the contests. We saw it last year early on in the season. How there's always just kind of a week where everyone scratches their head and goes, you know, it may, maybe the, maybe the, the rain did affect some sort of some sort of offense and defensive styles. So uh, all around, though, there there were still a lot of really good games, and and I think uh, a lot of times it didn't necessarily uh, force upsets, so to speak, but it, it definitely changed the style of play for for a lot of teams, and there were a lot of teams also that were on uh, fall break, which mm-hmm. I think also kind of affected right. them. I know, uh, yeah, that's something that you know, I, I remember talking to Mike Kirshner about that years ago. Uh, you know, with fall break, you kind of get out of your rhythm. You get out of, and I know there's several schools that have two week uh, breaks right now, and they're in the middle of it either at the beginning or their second week of it. So it throws everything kind of sort of out of rhythm. You're practicing maybe during the day instead of uh, after school. Uh, you get you worry about kids even making it to practices. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or I know Kirshner, they would have early, super early morning practices just so they could get them done and make sure the kids get there and, uh, you know, get them out of the way. So it does change things quite a bit. Also, it, it hurts attendance. You know, I was at the Cathedral mm-hmm. Buff game, and the weather hurt attendance, but also the teams were on break. Uh, so you may not get the crowds that that you would hope for and um you know and I, but i do think now that we kind of get maybe get past that a little bit we got some good things coming north central and i i know that's a game i'll be at north central ben davis on friday night uh the panthers are right now they, they're guaranteed a, a championship in the mick at least to share uh their first championship in the mick ever uh so this is a you know really a surprise i think <laughs> based on the way they started the season and and the guys they lost from last year uh you had a chance to see them friday and they, they handled pike 37 to 15 i believe mm-hmm. and uh you know just another really good win for that team and a team that 
you know, are they the best team in the mix? I, I, I would think they would have to be, you know, being the champion and, and whether they share it or win it outright. Uh, this is a team that, that has some serious uh, championship aspirations, I think. No, I think you're definitely correct. And, and the team that lost 26 nothing at Lucas Oil Stadium is nowhere to be found. I mm-hmm. mean, this, this is a whole different team, uh, a whole different scheme. I love North Central's defense. They're one of the toughest, I think, in the MIC. Uh, when you look at just what they've done, they've only given up 117 points in the conference. That's only second to Carmel in the mix. So uh, it's a team that's gotten it done when they needed to. They, they beat Carmel. They beat Center Grove. They've beaten everybody but Warren Central in conference. That's how you position yourself nice and nice atop the, the standings, being 5-1. and one. And like you said, they get a chance for at least a share. Uh, it's going to be a tough game against Ben Davis. Uh, but you never know what can happen. And, and North Central getting kind of a first look at them. Uh, David Smith can really run the ball. That offensive line did a nice job opening up big gaps for him to, to be able to break free. And uh, Richard Hamilton is as advertised. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, first play of the game, a 99-yard kickoff return. I mean, just took it to the house with ease. So uh, he, he, he's definitely a big-time target. They have plenty of offensive weapons. Uh, they're, North Central's legit. They're a team that... Uh, start out Lucas Oil, and they could they could very well end up there. And and Ben Davis, I've been looking forward to seeing this game because I haven't seen either team in person yet this year. Ben Davis weirdly loses to Lawrence Central uh, on Friday. <laughs> you talk about kind of the weird results of of uh, Friday night. You know they had been kind of on a roll. They're one of those teams that like all right, they're starting to get hot. They've got a lot of seniors. They're playing well. Then they go play Lawrence Central, who is without its starting quarterback, and they lose twenty three twenty. LC is not a, you know, not that they're not talented. They can definitely rise up and, and beat some people, and they did that Friday night. I'm curious to see how Ben Davis bounces back. Now they still have an opportunity. If they win, they can still share uh, the conference title. So a lot to play for uh, for the Giants, and, and could force a, you know, I think it may be a four way tie for the title. And, and you know, Mick titles aren't everything, but for a team like North Central that's never won one, and Ben Davis who's trying to get back there, you're playing for something this last week of the season. I think that's uh, interesting how that'll play out, and then uh, you know how Ben Davis kind of bounces back from a, a little bit of a weird loss. Yeah, you, it definitely was a weird loss. Ben Davis was up in that game, and, and they were on the road at Lawrence Central. Like I said, the Bears just came out of nowhere and rose up against them. They they played the full 48 minutes against them and ended up getting a win. And uh, Definitely a bizarre win, one that a lot of people didn't see coming uh, just for the fact that they were without Jason Graves, and they'd only had one win coming into that year. You know that they're talented, but they were kind of on, 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 uh, on the mend right now and trying to get some guys back, so... Uh, Lawrence Central kind of keeping everyone on upset alert heading into sectional play. And Ben Davis maybe uh, started looking ahead a little bit to this North Central game with a chance for an outright title. Now they have a chance at a share. And how bizarre is this? You could have a four-way tie for first yeah. place in the Mick. I mean, you, we, we, we've talked about parity all season long, and this is what it has come to. And, and what's the level of concern right now for Warren Central? They, you know, coming off a of, you know a twenty-eight nothing loss. You know, still a team that you know. The, they kind of are maybe what we thought they were going into the season. They're they're, you know, sitting there five and three now, and they they had a you know both their losses were close losses before that. But then you go out and you you, you get completely shut out uh, by Carmel, a team that had been kind of struggling a little bit. And and we know Carmel has talent. We both expect uh, Carmel and Warren Central to be you know tough outs in the tournament for sure. But uh, but but I was you know really surprised to see twenty nothing. I went back and watched that game. On the, uh, the channel forty, had the uh, the replay and watched that Friday night, uh, Saturday morning. But uh, you know, and there was opportunities there for Warren. But what's the level of concern when you go get shut out like that and against a rival like that? 
I think it's definitely a level of concern, uh, just for the fact that it it, it happened, you know, in week eight. <laughs> yeah. You have you have the playoffs coming right around the corner, and and this is when you want to start getting better and better. And and for Warren Central, it's been they they've kind of been holding on. It seems like uh, they started out pretty strong. You mentioned uh, a few losses were just by a couple points, and that lost to Ben Davis. Uh, they thought they had it in the bag, yeah. and then a flag comes out and go to overtime, and everything else happens. So. Uh, yeah, Warren Central, uh, it's definitely a bad look. Uh, you, there's never such thing as a good loss, um, but uh, it, it, it is fortunate for them that it happened in Week 8 to Carmel and kind of in an embarrassing fashion getting shut out. That might light a fire underneath them, but the week before, they barely escaped yeah. Lawrence North. Yeah. So uh, that's a team they could see in sectionals. Right. So right now, Warren Central has some holes to fill. They have, they have to, to work on some things for sure. The defending state champs right now are kind of in a hole. And Warren's done with their mixed schedule. They play uh, Columbus Sycamore uh, this weekend for their final uh, regular season game. So a team that needs to get right kind of before the uh, before the tournament starts. Another kind of a, a, an odd score on Friday was number one Avon uh, beating Zionsville thirty-one to twenty-eight. They they hit a, a field goal uh, with about nine seconds left to win that game. That's another game I went back and watched. Like I said, I was at Cathedral Burbuff. Went back and watched that, and there was some, you know, definitely some uh, controversy, I would say. There was a fumble down on the goal line as Avon came in to tie the score with about five minutes left. Uh, that could have gone either way. It looked like it could have been a touchdown or a, a fumble uh, by uh, by Hessen. But, uh, you know, they ended up calling it down at the one-yard line, and then they score on the next play, tie the game, and then get the ball back and score again. So Avon goes on to win against the Zionsville team that had really been blown out the week before by Brownsburg. Uh, so Avon, you know, and again, they, you're, they're eight zero. You can't complain about anything they've done. I'm sure they're they're more than happy to get out of there against the conference rival on a you know adverse conditions on a Friday night. Uh, now they go to Noblesville with the chance to go nine and zero. But another game where you know kind of surprising at how how close that game was. No, it is Avon's kind of been living on the edge these last couple of weeks, uh, just kind of scaping out with some victories and. Uh, it's a team that looked like kind of like a clear-cut favorite going being undefeated, and they were blowing out opponents as well. Their only close game being Brownsburg before. But this last couple of weeks against Westfield and Zinesville, they, they've kind of looked mortal. They've looked beatable. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that might raise a couple of concerns for them. Uh, they, they have pretty much the Hoosier locked up at this point, it feels like. Uh, so uh, maybe they're starting to kind of look ahead a little bit. It feels like you know the tougher games are behind them. Uh, they're getting ready, gearing up for sectionals as well. But... Uh, still, maybe just a little cause for concern for Avon. And then Brownsburg, uh, you met, I mentioned them. They won 27-7, uh, kind of a take-care-of-business type of game at Snowballsville. They've been really good since uh, since the loss to Avon. Have, have basically rolled through everybody they've, they've seen since then. Uh, so that'll be, you know, Brownsburg closes the season uh, this week against Hamilton Southeastern, which, like I mentioned, they're coming off a, a 7-6 loss to Franklin Central on Friday night. So that'll be a, a, an interesting finale for Brownsburg. Uh, see how they stack up against the Royals uh, in Week Nine here this week, and then you know just to mention, uh, you know, Fishers came back and beat Westfield. So again, Fishers six and two. Their only losses to Brownsburg and Avon. You know, and both neither of these, those games were close, but they've beaten everybody else on their schedule. So you kind of, you know, I, I would think Fishers would be a team. Uh, that you feel pretty good about where you're at right now. Absolutely. You've won the ones you should win, lost the two that you weren't expected to win. 
you've had a good season so far. You're getting ready for sectionals, but a team that we talk about over and over, they've gotten better and better every single game. They've improved. We've seen the improvement. They're taking care of business. Uh, like I said, I have to feel really good where they are right now. And then I was at the, I'll mention the Cathedral Burbuff. Cathedral won 21-7. to And I wanted to see Cathedral in person. And again, the conditions were not great. They, they really felt like on the stat, you know, you look at the stat sheet at the end of the game, and they rushed for over 400 yards, and they they controlled the game for the most part. Burbuff's defense is really good. Uh, Jay Higgins, by the way, I mean, what a what a study. He had 18 tackles. So he was just everywhere, and he looks like a Big Ten player when you when you watch him out there. He, the way he moves, uh, he caught a couple passes at tight end. He he's just really really good player. And uh, they've got a good defense. So Cathedral uh, moved the ball really well, just couldn't finish drives. They had some turnovers uh, that, that hurt them a little bit, some penalties. But uh, eventually got it done in the fourth quarter uh, with the run game. Jake uh, Langdon for Cathedral had a, had a couple of really big runs. Uh, Orrin Edwards played well uh, in those conditions, still passed reasonably well, and, uh, and moved the ball on the ground. Uh, so I think Cathedral's kind of got the formula, I think, for a team that can get things done in the tournament. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the sectional definitely here in a second, and they'll have a, a tough uh, matchups coming up in the in the tournament. But Cathedral looks to me like a team that they're good defensively, they can run the ball, and they can mix in the pass. I think it's a team that is probably better than what we thought they were going into the year. Yeah, and, and we talk a lot about uh, Orrin Edwards, and rightfully so, one of the best quarterbacks to ever come through Cathedral High School, but. Uh, that defense is getting it done. I mean, when you when you look at what they've done, they pitched a couple shutouts last couple games, giving up seven points to Burbuff, seven points to Trinity, a team that knocked off Warren and and Carmel early mm-hmm. on in the season. Uh, it, it, the defense has done its job, and and that's put them in positions to win game, like you said. So Cathedral, maybe uh, they're a little bit more than just offensive firepower this year. They're a full team and a team to be uh, a force to be reckoned with. Really. Yeah. And beat Chittard, a, a yeah. win that looks better and better all the time based on what Chittard has done this year. So, Logan wanted to, uh, and there are some, like I said, some really good matchups this weekend, but I uh, wanted to take some time, too, to talk about the you know, the, the sectional upcoming. And, and we had the sectional draw on uh, Sunday night, and, uh, you know, it's it's always a fun time of year to, for, to figure out what those brackets are going to look like exactly. And, and, and now we know, and, and probably we talked about both these teams, but, you know, one of the one of the top stories is we'll see Avon and Brownsburg playing each other at Brownsburg <laughs> in the in the first round. Uh, you know, and, and why don't we just talk about this too? I mean, the the the, the potential of seeding is probably not something that's going to happen. I've come to, you know, I've written about it. I don't know how many in, in twelve years of doing this, I've, I've written about it so many times. Uh, as an outsider, I didn't grow up in Indiana. I covered football in Missouri for a long time. They had. You know, not a, not an ideal. They've changed the playoff system various times, but there was always a seating component. Um, you know, and basically there they would go. The coaches would would go in the room basically, and they would come out with with what the seating was. It's kind of a coaches meeting, and, and it's based off records and, and you know those sorts of things. That's how basketball was there. Um, you know, and now they I don't I don't know exactly how they do it now. I know there's more of a, of a point system there and whatever, but. It's always made sense to me to have some sort of a, a reward uh, for how you do in the regular season, whether it's hosting a game or you know you're seated higher or whatever. Uh, I know there's resistance to that. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who are for it, definitely. And I think now that you've gone to five A and six A, where you made those tournaments different than the other four anyway by the number of teams that are in it. It used to be split, you know, five A, four A, you know, on down were split evenly. They added a six class. It's thirty two teams. 
5A, I think, is whatever the next, you know, it's 34 or 35 uh, based on whatever year, you know, because you have to split the other ones equally. Um, So you've already changed those tournaments anyway. I would love to see, you know, 1 through 16 on the north, 1 through 16 on the south. That would cut down on your – that means you're not traveling from Crown Point to Jeffersonville or or whatever. (laughs) You're only going maybe Crown Point to Indianapolis. And with football – to me, it's only one week. It's one week of travel. You know, you have one game per week. It's not like basketball where you'd be going. You know, could be three times a week right. or whatever. Where sectionals are make a lot more sense to me. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean, I don't feel. You know, I, I know there's enough resistance to it where I kind of get tired of, of arguing with people about it uh, and knowing it's maybe never going to happen. Uh, but what are your thoughts? I mean, what what do you think would be a you know what what are your thoughts on it first of all, and then what do you think is it maybe a, a, a better system or what would you like to see? No, I think this definitely is kind of rooted in in the big school small school kind of kind of debate where class six and five I think need to be treated differently, and they already have been treated. They've been, they've been cut up because of the dominance of some just the the mega schools uh, because of enrollment, and it, I, I agree with you. I think the regular season. Uh, you have to put a, a kind of a value on it that's more than just a conference championship for for these schools. Uh, when you look at 6A, the same four schools have won dating back to 1999, with exception of about three or four years. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think at this point there needs to be some sort of seeding aspect. Uh, I understand the the debate about the geography and the drive time and things like that. Uh, even if it's as simple as just seeding the sectional to make sure. Uh, a team like Noblesville isn't hosting Homestead. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a team that's uh, in the in the polls, a top three team that's undefeated, shouldn't have to go to a team that only has one win on the season. That that that's a, that's a position that I stand by uh, that I, I don't think is fair at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, if everyone's going to make the tournament, I like your idea of of going one through sixteen on the north and the south. That makes sense, so that it does cut down on the drive time. You don't have something like say going from Crown Point to Jeffersonville. And, uh, and and such like you know a team from Fort Wayne just coming down 69 for Indianapolis. I think uh, things like that are easy. It's a one game, and I think uh, ultimately uh, you could do so much more with this if you do see it. You could have a selection show. You could. I mean, I think this would be fun mm-hmm. for the for the student athletes to to hear their name called and who is the number one overall overall team. I, there's debate every year about who is number one and. And, uh, you know, how good is someone like Lafayette Jeff this year? Are they going to be the number two or are they number three? I mean, I, I think there, there'd be a lot of fun with that, with teams like that, that, that uh, the kids would really enjoy. So I think there, there's a whole other uh, value to it if you, if you did seed it. It makes sense in my mind to make the regular season worth just a little bit more. Uh, so, you know, a game at Lucas Oil Stadium with Fishers and North Central Every game matters now. Mm-hmm. Every game matters, and that might help with some attendance. I don't know. Maybe that's a little far-fetched. But if every game matters, uh, it, it just amps up rivalries even more to know that this could be to play you again at home in sectionals with a team like Lawrence Central and Lawrence North playing at Lucas Oil Stadium and a big win for Lawrence Central. Now they get to say, hey, you got to come to our place now once sectional rolls around maybe with seeding. So that's how I see it. I, I think there needs to be some sort of seeding aspect to it. I like your idea of 1 through 16. But if at the bare minimum it's just, you know, seeding the sectionals, I'll take the baby steps. Yeah. I, I, I And there's one thing, people, you know, people, a lot of people mention, you know, 
why does it matter when teams play each other? And I, I sort of get that. I mean, regardless, you're going to have to get through the tournament. You're going to have to, you know, if, you know, say uh, Avon on Brownsburg, they play the first, they're probably going to meet anyway at some point. They would have played the next week uh, based on the current setup in the sectional, most likely, cause, because Pike and Zionsville are also in there. They would be, you know, and I think both those teams are honestly capable of an upset, but I don't think either one uh, this year you would expect that to happen. But so, so they would play the, the next week. But based on a one through sixteen setup, maybe you know they wouldn't play till the state championship, and wouldn't that be more fun? You know, to, mm-hmm. for those teams to kind of, you know, I guess in my mind, a tournament. The idea of a tournament is to build up to something that's really uh, your best teams playing at the end of the tournament. And then you might have upsets along the way, which are also a lot of fun. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I always think you want to kind of crescendo your tournament into something bigger at the end, rather than you know playing a and on. If, Honestly, the way it's set up now is probably better for me because I, you know, the games are more split up to where you get an Avon Brownsburg the first week. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. I mean, for us covering it because it spreads out the the top <laughs> games more. Uh, but that's that's kind of you know, re- regardless of that, I think it's better to kind of build the tournament up where you you maybe have your best teams playing in the state championship. I mean, and uh, from a very elementary standpoint, <laughs> that I, I don't know what else you want from a tournament. Uh, but I do get where people say, like, oh, who cares? When they play, they're going to meet each other anyway. I understand what you're saying with that, but I always think the purpose is to try to build up to have your best games later in the tournament. And that seems like logical reasoning considering every professional tournament that you see does it that way where they see, you know, 1 through 8, 1 through 16, you have a wild card weekend for, you know, in baseball and things like that. So it makes sense on the very uh, just general basis of what a tournament you would expect from that. Uh, and, and, to, and to kind of counter-argument with, uh, you know, it doesn't matter when they play, I, I think it does sort of matter uh, with playing just one more game. That That's another game of possible injuries mm-hmm. that you could that you could put on someone. I mean, you can go ask Center Grove, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. playing with some injuries. So uh, I, I, th- I think this is where, uh, like you said, you want your better teams playing later. Every game is another game that you have to, you know, these, these student-athletes are putting their, their bodies on the line to, to play the game they love. And I... Uh, if, if you ask some of these teams who they'd rather face, if they'd rather face, you know, if you're a, a Hoosier Crossley, Crossroads team or a Mick team saying, do you want to go face another conference opponent for the second time this year, or do you want to face someone outside of conference in the first game? I, there's also that that type of argument as well. Yeah. Well, I, you, you, there's, bit, there's so much that to go with fairness. You know, people talk about what's fair, so we add more classes. You know, that they, the basketball tournament, you know, for years obviously was one class. You know, people didn't think that was fair. So a lot of things that come up, you know, the tournament success factor. You know, people don't think it's fair that the same teams win over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, so they do so <laughs> many things to kind of make it more fair. You know, but this, but this, and this, and I think especially in football, even more more so than we're talking just football here, not even basketball or anything mm-hmm. else. But I, th- I really think in football, if you're talking about fairness and what you think is fair, you know, and this is just me, you know, it's, saying this I, you know I, I don't care how they run it necessarily my season continues I keep covering <laughs> right. games all the way to Thanksgiving but what's fair about Brownsburg and Avon playing each other the first round you know, what's fair about Warren Central and in uh, North Central playing you know the first mm-hmm. round of the tournament uh, you know you would think those teams based on the seasons they had would be rewarded uh, for a better situation to to be able to make a run what's fair about you know one of those teams sitting home on you know whatever date that is you know 
barely into November, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't know. Maybe maybe because 5A and 6A are different, maybe it makes sense to, you know, I, I even talked to one coach, and I won't even say his name, but he said, why not next year? Why don't, because it's going to be a weird year with, you know, Carmel's going to, uh, you know, I forget, Brownsburg sectional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's going to be some different things happening because of Elkhart's uh, consolidation some movement why don't we just do it one year and see what it's like you know let's just let's do a one through 16 on both sides or however i think he may have said one through 32 but i'm going to say one through 16 let's just do it one year see what the reaction is then we can go back if it's terrible we'll go back to what it was the next year and i don't you know again that's very far-fetched but i love the idea of all right let's just let's do it one year and see what it's like and and uh if it's if it's bad then we'll we'll do something different right and 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 there's already uh we have Polls. We have a coaches poll. We have a media poll. We have computer rankings. I mean, we have we have multiple things to pull from in order to do seeding. Uh, you have things like that, and I agree with you. Let's try it. Why not? I mean, you've already messed with with the five A and six A class player classes. Let, what what's the worst that it can do? Right. And, and you know, we've seen the college football. They had the bowl system. Mm-hmm. That's no longer you know we did that for years. It's di- it's different than you know. There's a, a playoff committee. Fair. Yeah, it didn't seem fair. It didn't seem right to name it. And now they now we have a tournament here. They didn't have a sort of a tournament for college football, but so that's maybe why they did that. But I I don't know. I again, I'm not uh, you know I'm not necessarily. Um, you know, too far one way or the other. But I, I always think, you know, if we're really talking about fairness and, and what's what's equal, what's fair, because we've done so many things to change what fair is. Uh, to me, this this seems like maybe one aspect that you could do. And I and honestly, from the four A on down, I don't know that you can do you can set it up like I don't think that that would work for four A on down just based on the number of teams, based on the travel you would have to do. You know, those are eight team you know sectionals you know for the most part at that level so that that wouldn't really make sense but i think what you could do is maybe see the top two teams in in those get them on opposite sides and you could still do your blind draw and still do a show and and you'd still have that (laughs) element of it too um i don't know when there's a (laughs) i guess when they call me when ihsa calls me and asks me uh i can and i have a good relationship with those guys at the ihsa and i think and and, you know we've talked about this before i've talked about with bobby cox and and they're open to what I think what the IFCA wants to do um, to a, to a certain extent, but I don't get the sense that seating is something they're they're really wanting to do necessarily. And 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 I know they have their reasons, and I totally respect uh, them too. But uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's something we will see. Maybe there'll be enough of a push for it uh, that we'll see it down the road. But uh, just throwing that out there. Just, uh, <laughs> just throwing it out there. Logan, I guess what other than that Avon Brownsburg game I mentioned, I mentioned Warren uh, North Central, but what what kind of catches your eye as you you take a first glance at the uh, the sectional draw? Uh, I, I think Carmel at Hamilton Southeastern is another one. Uh, with that game being at Hamilton Southeastern, a little bit of question marks around HSC. We've seen them at their best. We've seen them at their worst. Uh, can they compete with the Greyhounds who have looked good uh, against Warren Central, but the last couple weeks have kind of struggled a little bit. I think they the Grands may have found something with Christian Williams at quarterback, starting mm-hmm. to get more comfortable there as a dual threat uh, guy. So uh, definitely a game I'm keeping my eye out on, and, and kind of another one all the way up in sectional one with Lafayette Jeff going to Maryville. Mm-hmm. That's a good Maryville team. They've only lost to Valparaiso, who could very well end up uh, in the 5A state championship game. So they're undefeated up there. So 
Lafayette, Jeff, and Maryville, that, that's kind of a fun one uh, that I, I think is a little bit under the radar and, and is going to give us a, a better idea on what both of those teams are like. Yeah, just to kind of go through, you mentioned Carmel at HSE. That's sectional four. Those teams on the north side of the bracket. Fishers and Westfield's the other game. So Carmel would have to get through HSE and then potentially – uh, Fishers just beat Westfield actually last week, nineteen to fourteen. Uh, so that's kind of a toss-up type of game. Westfield is as lost four in a row, but uh, definitely a team that can that can uh, could could beat Fishers, especially playing at home in that sectional. And then sectional five mentioned Avon at Brownsburg. That's a rematch of Avon's seven to three win uh, a few weeks ago, and then you know they blasted Brownsburg last year in the sectional championship, thirty-eight nothing. Which uh, thirty-eight nothing I know comes up often with John Hart talking to his team. Uh, Pike at, at Zionsville in the other game in sectional five, and then sectional six. Ben Davis certainly looks like the favorite there. They host uh, Perry Meridian, and then Tech is at Southport. Uh, Southport six and two, but hasn't played the schedule probably of Ben Davis. You like Ben Davis to come out of that? I really like Ben Davis. I, I like Ben Davis going far in the tournament as well. I think they they have kind of the total package. Uh, I think they're figuring out at the right time with Hassel in the backfield with Gibson. It's tough to tough to stop as well as some of the receivers on that side. Dalen Carnell is a, is a legitimate threat for anybody. I really like Ben Davis. Ben Davis could play, if they come out of that, the regional, uh, they could see either Avon or Brownsburg, two teams that they lost to this year, but uh, played close with Brownsburg. Avon, they, they struggled and, and got beat uh, quite a bit more in that game, but I think they'd match up fairly well uh, with either of those teams. Sectional 7, uh, Lawrence North gets another shot at Lawrence Central, <laughs> and maybe they can do it. They're playing at home. Uh, I covered that game at Lucas Oil this year, and, and LC beat them. I think 41-31 was the final. But uh, LN, uh, Logan, we've seen them play uh, reasonably well here, almost beat Warren, uh, lost to center Grove, but actually led that game close to halftime and, and uh, just couldn't stop the run. But but LN, the team, again, I think, you know, shoot, if they can get in the – uh, if they can beat LC, you know they will almost beat Warren and uh, and North Central is also on that side. But uh, a team that could be could be a little sneaky, dangerous. Oh yeah, we talk about sectional seven. I mean that that one's just wide open, really, for any of those teams. It wouldn't shock anyone. Uh, I said LC getting gonna gonna have to defend their title yet again against Lawrence North. Uh, Jason Graves should be back by by then as well. So that that'd be a big boost for them. But watching Graves and McCauley go at it could be two of the best quarterbacks in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a lot of fireworks. Yeah, sectional set. And then Warren, 5-3 and three at North Central, 6-2. and two. I covered that regional game. They were in the different sectionals last year, but uh, North Central was right there with them. Uh, David Bell, the, unfortunately, I'll never forget, they kicked the ball right down the middle of the field <laughs> to awaiting David Bell, who... Uh, yeah, I think I even said, like, oh, here, here's a touchdown, and, of course, he takes yeah. it to the house, and that's basically the end of the game. But uh, that North Central team will be geared up and ready, I think, for Warren, who they, they lost to by quite a bit, I think 28-7 this year. Uh, but this is a much better team right now than right. they were. That was, uh, that was week three, too, and we know North Central is a whole lot different now. They've gone on to beat a couple big-time opponents since then, and right there playing for an outright Nick title. So I think for for North Central, their game against Ben Davis this coming week is going to be very important for their momentum going into that game against Warren Central. And then sectional eight, Center Grove uh, will play at Columbus East. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. Columbus East has been, you know, in a lower class, have been in 5A, uh, and they are up because of the tournament success factor. And I don't know, Center Grove kind of maybe walking into a hornet's nest down there at Columbus East. I'm sure Bob Gaddis will have his guys ready to go. Uh, that'll that'll be a tough matchup, and then the other one is Columbus North at Franklin Central. But 
maybe not a cakewalk as as usual for uh, Senator Grove in sectional eight this year. No, not not at all. And it reminds me a lot of 2010. This year does where it was Fishers and Lawrence Central that came out. The mixed schools didn't look good that year, mm-hmm. and, and I think we're kind of seeing the Fisher. Not the mixed schools don't look good, but they don't look as dominant. And so if there was ever a year to pick some upsets and some guys uh, that could contend. Outside of the MIC, I think it's this year. I think those schools should definitely be on upset alert. So if Center Grove can get through that, they would play, you know, the winner of sectional seven and the regional it could be any of those any of those teams really. I'd say North Central may be the the slight slightest of favorites, even though they lost to Warren uh, earlier this season. But really interesting games, and really, you know, we talk about seeding, but. I kind of like the way this bracket sets up this year because there's so much balance that I think it, there are going to be a lot of good games in the sectional, a lot of good games going into the regional. You know, just as you think ahead to, to what could happen later in the tournament, I think it's fairly balanced in 6A this year, uh, where it maybe has not been quite that much uh, in previous years. No, absolutely, and like I said, maybe there are a couple really good games this week. Next week could, or excuse me, the first week of sectionals next week could provide a lot of sparks as well and some good regional matchups as well yeah and that of course we won't have uh, any 6a games next week uh, those will be happen the, the following week and, and I believe I have to check the uh, check the calendar here that that'll be November 1st uh, will be the first week of, of sectional games in 6a so they get a week off a of bye week and most of 5a as well will get and we'll like go through all these games but uh, sort of what's interesting in 5a sectional 13 locally. <laughs> Uh, really good, you know. Cathedral's going to have to get through and beat Tarot South in the first game, and, and Decatur Central's on the other side of the bracket. So uh, Cathedral have to win. Uh, actually, Decatur would have to win. They'd have to beat Plainfield in the first game, and then beat Tarot North, and then probably set up a Cathedral Decatur Central rematch. And we know how that uh, went last year. Decatur got them, you know, for the first time in a long time. 2005 was their last sectional title. It was the first time Cathedral had not won a sectional uh, since 2005. So. Uh, a lot to play for for both of those teams in a, in a rivalry that's kind of uh, uh, picked up some steam here after Decatur Central's win last year. Right, and Decatur Central with only two losses this year, both to 6A schools, no Cathedral, uh, just losing to a couple teams out of state. They have to be two of the favorites, but Plainfield's not going to be a walkthrough, and Tarot South's not a walkthrough mm-hmm. either. I mean, when we talk about sectional 13, it doesn't just end with Decatur Central and Cathedral. Yeah, Plainfield's having a really nice year. Uh, that's a tough draw for them, though. That'll mm-hmm. be a, a tough game. It's Decatur's team that seems to just be getting better and better uh, as the year goes on. And then also sectional 14, uh, you're sitting there with New Pal, uh, definitely the team to beat. They go to Whiteland, and Whiteland, a team that always is, is tough and tough-minded under uh, Darren Archer, a good team, good program. And then kind of the Cinderella story uh, on the other game in that sectional is Franklin at 7-1. and one. Uh, they host Seymour in that first game. So you could have Franklin playing uh, New Pal in the uh, sectional yeah. championship game. And that would be a, a great story uh, to tack on to their Cinderella story already. Now we're going to find out a lot about about Franklin because they face Decatur Central yeah. coming up this week. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if, if Franklin kind of has the dogs to play with New Pal. And uh, a shameless plug, check out, I'll have a story on Franklin <laughs> later this week too and just kind of their uh, rise to uh, to power this year in the in uh, the southern part of our area here. So that's been a great story. Good to see that program get going under Chris Cole, uh, the former Tri-West coach uh, who, who took Tri-West to a lot of success as well. Uh, you know, and then you look down at, at 4A, I think, is really, really wide open this year. I, I think there's a lot of teams locally uh, that have a chance. I think Mooresville's kind of been the team we've had our eye on maybe the most of all. Uh, but they're in a tough sectional, uh, sectional 23. Uh, East Central sitting there at 8-0 and, and right at the top of the rankings. They're always a good team. 
And uh, Silver Creek also at 7-1, and East Central hosts Silver Creek in the first game. Mooresville's on the other side of the bracket. You would think they would come out of that and make the championship game, but it's going to be really hard for them to make it out of that sectional having to face most likely East Central. Absolutely, East Central and and Silver Creek both. uh, That's a tough first-round sectional. But, uh, yeah, Mooresville, uh, as good as anybody coming out of there, uh, you got to think though that, like you said, it, it, it's just it's a tough draw in that sectional, just how it's written up. But uh, if there's going to be a team to beat, it probably is uh, East Central. And it, it kind of a team maybe you would overlook based on the records mm-hmm. would be Ron Colley in sectional 22. Uh, they're three and five now, but I think probably a, a, mm-hmm. a decent favorite in that sectional. The Western six and two, uh, Lebanon four and four. Uh, Beach Grove five and three and Attic six and two, but those teams haven't played the schedule Ron Colley has, and honestly, I think Ron Colley a team. You know, if they can get out of there and uh, and win that sectional, they may be favored to win the next in the next round in the regional. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Mount Vernon's your your favorite. Maybe Pendleton Heights in uh, sectional twenty one, but a lot of balance in that in that four A, especially in the southern half of the bracket. And I I really think Ron Colley might be the team we end up seeing at Lucas Oil when it's all said and done. Yeah, I don't think that's far fetched at all. We've talked about it all season. Four A is just wide open. There is no clear cut favorite. A lot of really good teams, but not any great ones. Right. And Evansville Memorial don't sleep on them coming out of sectional <laughs> twenty four and uh and Evansville Central as well. Yeah. Those are those are both ranked teams. Uh, so don't uh, don't sleep on those Evansville teams. They're always good, always strong football down that way. So, and then I wanted to touch too on sectional twenty eight, the <laughs> sectional of death. Basically, it's uh, you got West Lafayette, you've got Garen Catholic, you've got Chittard, Burbuff, Chittard, Burbuff playing each other uh, in the first game. Uh, so tough, tough draw for Burbuff to have to face Chittard again. Uh, they played early in the year. I think this game will be closer than that one was. I'm not sure Burbuff has the offense though to uh, to, to keep up with Chittard. And that possibly sets up, you know, if, if things kind of go the way you think, maybe West Lafayette Chittard for a sectional final, Oof. which would be just an absolute dynamite. <laughs> Sounds like a state championship game. Yeah, it does. Game. It really does. That would be a great game. I mean, yeah, both of those schools, West Lafayette losing to Lafayette Jeff, and then you had Chittard losing to Cathedral early on. I mean, teams out, out of their class. But both those two teams, not only have they won, but they've won in style. I mean, they, they, they've looked dominant. They, they, they haven't had too many close contests. So those two teams maybe are the favorite to meet in the sectional championship, but you have Garen Catholic for Buff. I mean, you're Buff, really good team, and, and Yorktown as well, mm-hmm. right in there. I mean, that's not an easy team either. It is. It's it is the sectional of death, and that's where I'll you know plug it in there. You'd love to see some seating. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, you know you look down, and, and I know you know we don't want to go into detail on all of these games necessarily, but you got Western Boone in two A. Uh, sectional 37, uh, they'll play Southmont in the first game. Western Boone is the defending state champion, and uh, I think they've got a pretty good route uh, to get back. Uh, you know, maybe not all the way, but a good route to at least get out of the sectional, and uh, I still think they're going to compete really strongly. Spencer Wright, uh, of course, their quarterback. They've run the ball really well here lately, and uh, I think a team that you know should take a lot of confidence into the tournament. Absolutely. They're having a tremendous year, and why not when you're running uh, from a state championship last year, and like I said, uh, sectionals, they should be able to get through. Might get a little tougher come regionals. You're looking at maybe a Cecina matchup or Eastern Hancock possibly. You're seeing some tough te- tougher teams ahead. But still, I think uh, definitely one of the favorites. And uh, it, sectional 38, too, should mention Heritage Christian. They're 7-1. This is a really good sectional. Cecina at 5-3 and three is in the top half of the bracket. And uh, Eastern Hancock also 7-1. and one. Heritage Christian and Eastern Hancock could meet in the semifinal. And then Cecina on the opposite side uh, could meet Shenandoah in the, in the semifinal. So, so some really good matchups there. And then down in uh, 1A, 
Uh, Lutheran is probably the favorite in our area uh, to, to make it through. They're in sectional 46, and they get Sheridan in the first game. Uh, Sheridan 5-3 and three this year, <clears throat> and uh, Lutheran 7-0 and oh right now. So I think Lutheran probably the favorite, uh, at least from around here. Uh, they made some good playoff runs here, and this, this might be the best team they've had. Absolutely, and, and there's not too much resistance for them on that bottom half of the bracket as well. So uh, I, I think they could be a favorite to make it to Lucas Oil. Well, that's going to do it for uh, this week. And, uh, Logan, uh, we got we got a lot of – probably our longest podcast we've done, which <laughs> makes sense because uh, we're talking a lot of sectional draw and uh, and, and seating and uh, those sorts of things. So where are you going to be at uh, this week? Do you know yet what you're going to be doing? Yeah, we're covering Carmel and Lawrence Central. Can the Bears pull two upsets in a row? Greyhounds are looking to keep their name in the running for a share of the MIG title. And I'll be at uh, Ben Davis North Central seeing both those teams for the first time. Uh, looking forward to that, and, and uh, I think really that that should be a really good game. I think Ben Davis is going to be hungry to uh, to get a share of that title. North Central wants to win it outright, so a lot to lot to play for in Week Nine. Not too often you get two teams that are playing for something Week Nine uh, that means so much to them with Ben Davis and North Central. Like I said, a really good mid game. I can't wait to get out there and see that one, and uh, get out to a game Friday night. Hopefully, we'll have better weather uh, than we did last week. But I'm not complaining about the weather. We've had a good season so far. So, again, thanks for joining us here on uh, Preps Podcast. We'll see you next time.